0: for an inspirational life. How are you all today? How is everybody? I hope that you are all well and that wherever you are in the world that you're finding some peace, tranquility and a little bit of joy amongst all the darkness that is out there because regardless of everything that is happening there is still a light and that light emanates from each and every one of us. And it's a funny thing, really, when we think about who we are as human beings, we sometimes forget the power that we have. And in a way, we have a little bit, I feel for sure, given that power away. And I think it's time now for us to reclaim that source, that divine source within us that can really bring the world a whole new beginning and a whole new awakening that we could not even dream of. One of the most important things though is that we have to let go of this illusion of fear and take courage by the hand. And together with courage and with hope and with love, the most important ingredient of life, we can once again we build a better future for all of us now i am absolutely delighted to have a very special guest with me today and that is the lovely philip chan philip is an award-winning author and radio host known internationally he is also a transformational coach and internationally known across the planet as the 10 seconds math expert. I'm finding that especially fascinating because I am absolutely rubbish at math. So I will be asking him a lot about that. He is also on the Amazon best selling author list and is one of the few authors in the world to have two books going to number one in two consecutive months in the UK and Australia. He has worked as a former elite sports performance coach and has helped really many athletes progress to competing at national, international, and Olympic standards. He has been a teacher also for many, many years. His goal and dream is to inspire the next generations to develop a positive attitude for learning in all subjects, and to empower them in the joy of learning, which is something I think that a lot of us have forgotten about, and also to help them to discover and raise their self-beliefs for greater achievement in all areas of their life. Today, he shares his journey. Welcome, dear Phil.
1: Well, thank, thank you very much. I really appreciate the invitation to share my story. Oh, uh, you're very I welcome. To, I have to backtrack a little bit. Uh, although I'm known as a 10-second math expert in the world, when I was at school, well, I was actually bottom in every subject all the way to age 14, including mathematics.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Uh, so, so
0: what happened there, then? Did, <laughs> that, well... <laughs> There is hope for all of us then. So what happened? Tell us a little bit. Um, first, I want to say to you, thank you so much, really, for coming on, Phil. Um, I'm really honoured for you to be here.
1: Well, you're, you're very welcome. Uh, I got sick and tired of sick and tired being, being dumb. <laughs> oh. uh, and I, I can remember going home when, uh, you know, teachers set the normal homework, most of my... Uh, fellow classmate in the usual time, and it normally takes me anything from three to six hours to do the same homework and actually get it wrong. Um, there was, there's was been a very few nights when I go home, I, at the night I don't actually cry myself to sleep, you know. <laughs> um, and so it's got the point, around my age 14, I came to this conclusion. At this rate, when you know, do your normal exam, uh, you know, the equivalent of the, the year 11 now, you know, I'm gonna get no way in life, I'm gonna get no qualification, mm. I'm gonna end up with a lousy job, or well, actually not even a job at all. And I said, that what that won't do, uh, I'm not gonna have much of life. So I made a conscious decision to actually give up all my school holiday and just work and to, to try to make up the difference. Now, obviously. Working hard itself does not make any difference, and a lot of time you can work hard and not get anywhere. Where and it's mm. not. So I start going to, and in those days we don't have internet and, and things like this. So so I would go to a library and a, a journals, any way I can get a hold of the information, to, you know, to look at information to improve. Now I, I'm always fascinated in, in history, and I, yeah, in the, in the history of math, there's lots of uh, actually lots and lots of techniques you know anything from several hundred years to, to over a thousand years old that's kind of forgotten and i was uh, i still in, into it and i was looking at them i was learning from it and then i was showing it to my friends and uh, i got some amazing reactions they said, wow how did you do, do that and 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 people all of a sudden think I, I was actually smart i thought this is this is crazy you know i'm a dumb all my life and all of a sudden the, my friends think i'm you know a genius <laughs> so, so, effectively, all these tennis have been around for hundreds of years, and, yes, yeah, so, there's so several, and so we you know, one, one-half thousand years old. Uh, that, that's not my age, by the way.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm 4,000, so, you know, <laughs> hey-ho.
1: <laughs> now, also, I was very, very lucky at, at school, uh, one of my teacher was Mr. Rowland Duff. Um, There was three math teachers, and technically he was the least able of the uh, three, technically, but he was just so encouraging and inspiring to to me. And he said two things that really um, was a turning point. One, he said, um, you know, if you honestly don't understand something, there's no such thing as a stupid question. But the second thing he said to me that really, for some reason, um, it's like a eureka moment, and he said, it's better to feel stupid for five minutes than stay stupid for the rest of your life.
0: I know Uh, that, I know that very well,
1: yes. And that gave me the confidence to actually go and ask questions because I wouldn't, if I don't understand something, I wouldn't dream of asking anyone because I think, you know, it's it's just highlighting my dumbness and I don't want to do that. But the paradox is actually by hiding, it's actually making me more dumb, you know. Mm, mm, and that mm. one simple sentence kind of broke, over, broke, broken the ice. And from that point, I was bugging my teachers and anyone to death, you know. And interesting enough, by doing asking a lot of questions and asking questions, asking questions, and forget what people think about me, even if they thought I was dumb. Within two terms, uh, I went from set ten to set two in most subjects. That's quite
0: remarkable.
1: Uh, and, and 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 then also, at that time, physically, I was, yeah you like know, like beanpole, you know, uh, you know, if someone sneezed, it would blow me over. Um, oh. So I also decided that, you no, know, I, you know, I want to improve myself physically. So I actually designed hmm. a, a training program for, for myself. It was hit and miss a little bit. And again, literally within a year, my, my physique changed a lot. And normally, if you look at a school football team, and you pick size, normally they leave the, the people that's not very good to last. So I was one of those people who get, always get last to pick for a team. But after a year of training, I got physically strong and I discovered then I also was actually quite good at sports. So, uh, so a number of things changed from that one simple moment, because Mr. Duff said, if you don't understand something, there's no such thing a stupid question. And it's better feel stupid for five minutes than stay stupid for the rest of your life. And as I say, the rest is history.
0: That's very wise advice, actually. My I um, used to do judo, Phil, and um, my judo instructor told me exactly the same words, and that has always had a profound effect on my life. Where mm. if I don't understand, I'm not ashamed. I will yes. ask, even if it's a hundred times. And even now, I think I get on people's nerves because I say. I just don't get it. And they'll say, well, what don't you get? Well, I don't get anything. Well, how, how? And they get frustrated sometimes? But I think, well, it doesn't really matter because so long as I can learn and begin to understand something, it doesn't really matter what anyone's thinks, you know, does it?
1: Absolutely. Um, when I, I before I retired from my full-time teaching, you know, for the last 45 years, I, I do about 19 mass workshops a year. And typically I have anything <laughs> from 50 to 600 people coming. And an average of about 200 is is, is about right. So obviously I I taught a few students over that time. So I always say to them at the beginning, because I am the 10 second mass expert in the world, you can never be as good as me. However, once I share with you what I know and you practice the, the, the skills, you will always become better than me. So as a teacher, I don't want any of my students to be good as me. I want them to be better than me. And because Mm. in a society, you know, we want our students to be better than us. That's how society will grow and improve. Mm, mm, mm. That is actually quite noble. I was talking to
0: um, uh, another guest and he's a martial arts expert. And he said more or less the same words that you have said in that he can give that knowledge and um, his students will always be better than him because if he's a good teacher he can teach them to be the best and i like that a lot so it's you know hearing that from you as well it sort of reaffirms that notion
1: thank you it's also in lots of different areas and a lot of my students have also gone to top university getting double first degrees but not only that, but also in other areas, in terms of their their interests, um, it could be music, dancing, performance, or uh, as a community leader, and even actually um, sometimes when some of my former pupils have also got been divorced several times, and that sounds really negative, at you know, but when when I look at some of the children, how well balanced and and you know successful they are. And obviously, despite going through those traumatic uh, processes of being divorced once, twice, and actually one person has been divorced five times, when I look at her children, and I thought, wow, she's done an amazing job bringing uh, the children by herself uh, as well. Um, so, so success is not always measured by qualifications or or, or money. Mm. You know, there's uh, there's much more than than that, and it just really sometimes, you know. Uh, helping children or a person to be, have a more rounded life.
0: Because that's also something that you do, isn't it, um, Phil, that you are a transformational coach and also a motivational speaker.
1: Thank you. Uh, as I said, I, I've always got memories of when I was back at that school, how poorly and how, the inadequacy I felt. And I always said that if I can help anyone to change their mindset, in any way I, I will and a lot of the time is the pressure that we have is actually self-induced because yeah. we're, we're always thinking what other, other people are thinking of us and often we, we have this fear and the the, two, the fear the acronym for fear is actually uh, false evidence appearing real but the, the one I realized actually to face everything and rise yeah that's a good one. And 90 percent of the more the fear that we we we're thinking of actually would never happen anyway. For for lots and lots of time in life, over ninety percent of the, the things we fear actually not not happen. And also, it's not so much what happens to us sometimes. Important, it's important is how we have the mindset to deal with them. I'm very well, lucky. Yeah. I'm yeah, very lucky. I've cool. got a number of a very successful uh, multi-millionaires, uh, men, mentors, and uh, and in other very successful mentors in diff- different areas with relationship coaching or whatever. And a number of them have, have things, really horrible things happen to, to them. But because they have the particular attitude, they actually turn those stumbling blocks, you know, into stepping stones. And that to me is the most important. We can't predict things that will happen to us sometimes. Mm-hmm. If I look at my case in um, back in two thousand. And seven, they discovered tumour in my spine. Oh my goodness. And the, between my local hospital and, and the hospital in London, they lost my paperwork for two years. And it was only during the operation they discovered tumour has got into my nerves as well. So hence, they had to remove some of it. Uh, so hence, actually, um, medical. I'm actually disabled, so I should be in, in a wheelchair. But uh, although, I'm, although I'm actually in pain 24-7, I'm actually walking. Obviously, obviously I don't have the mobility I, I, I have. So looking back, that was quite negative because uh, yeah, I was looking forward to, you know, teaching my grandkids to go running, doing gymnastics, uh, do lots of things as well, which I can't do now. And also it's affected my teaching career because I, I had to give up um, other stuff that I would, would be uh, normally doing because the, the mobility and so on. So on the face of it, actually, it was very, very negative. But if it wasn't for that, I would probably have never become an author. Right. Okay. And how are you now? I mean, how
0: you say, are you still in pain?
1: Oh, yeah. Or- I'm in pain 24-7. Um, because it's a nerve, so you can't take drugs or painkillers. It makes no difference.
0: I know. So, I know. It, it, so- it doesn't touch it at all, does it?
1: So, so therefore, you know, I'm controlling with mine, and lucky enough, I've got also other friends who's been teaching me other techniques to reduce the pain as well. So, so again, this is an area I would never even uh, consider if it wasn't for that. And I've learned a lot about myself um, in a very good way, and also, and the process actually meet some fantastic people. And so, when looking back. Although that negative situation actually is moving in a different directions, I would have never actually uh, been involved since, since that time. And the other thing is I've got involved in, in fashions. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, in, really? And yes. Before I became a teacher, i also I've done a little bit of work at the Pinewood Studios in the film business. Uh-huh. And one my friend, uh, Adam Richards, he is the original Red Power Ranger and he's actually as a stunt double for Bruce Willis in some of the Die Hard films uh-huh. um, and also he's actually worked with Jackie Chan on the age 17 so he's formed a company called you know uh, never give up Think phoenix as a he's a professional stuntman so uh, he asked me to join his company as a, a part of their professional stunt team
0: <laughs> ah okay and that's something that you did before you were in the film industry
1: well, I, I was doing commercials, so I wasn't in, in that area, you know, I, oh. one of my my pastimes would be, be a gymnast, so I also was a, a, a cliff diver. You were what? A cliff diver. You what know, is that? You just climb up the, the, the side of the, off the cliff by the seaside and just dive in the sea, that's it, it's, it's that simple. Oh
0: my goodness. So. Well, that sounds very scary.
1: Well, yes and no, it's, it's a, a bit of excitement. It takes about 30 minutes to climb up. It, not like the modern stuff now. You, know, so you have to climb up the, 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 the cliff and then it takes about 30 minutes to climb up and two seconds to come down in the sea. Wow. So the, and, and also because of meeting my, my friend, uh, then obviously that got me involved with the 529 Club, which is the, uh, a club for people in the film and media in, in the film business, um, mm-hmm. a, a, a beautiful lady called Deborah Walton, she, she created that. So I meet a lot of people in the film in, industry, uh, and also as a result, of that, I meet people, singers, uh, performers, so that negative situation and moving in a totally different direction in in also areas I would never have uh, thought about. And recently I also connected with uh, an incredible gentleman called Ian Penn Turner, he's the the president of ALB TV, mm-hmm. and he's been in the business for fifty-four years, working with some of the top stations CNN, ABC, BBC, and he's also got a program on Sky where each each of his program goes out to over a billion people. And I have the privilege of working with him actually to invite my friends on on his shows as well. Uh, currently, I've got. The, on a short list of about 2,000 guests to invite to your show. And actually, you are actually on that list.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I'm a bit honoured, I have to say, about that. Wow. Thank well,
1: I you mean, so Ian, much. I, Ian's amazing. You know, he's very uh, well-known in, in industry. He's a former Royal a correspondent, commentator, mm. Um, mm. and a royal photographer. And he's taken over five uh, five generations of the royal family photos.
0: Incredible. That's incredible, isn't it? And, also, and this is something that you have got involved with, Phil, since your um, health deteriorated at that time. Yes. Um, so I want to ask you a little bit about that because I have people that come on and they tell us about a turning point in their life, because I believe sometimes turning points can be small and sometimes they can be great. Yes, And it's a pivot, really, for a changing our life that can lead us in a completely different direction. But somehow it is, you know, one of those things that is, as they say, meant to be. Mm. Now, how did that time that you had your diagnosis and everything. How did that change your life?
1: I think we had to reassess, you know, um, the way I thought about myself and other people. Mm. And I, at the bottom line, i I was in gone through the states. So I've been in the pity party, so why me, why me, blah, blah, mm. blah, and, and so on. Uh, but the blaming thing is not going to help my situation, you know. And that was basically uh investing energy to go nowhere. So I said, well, you know, I now need to now see how can I actually help myself and look for different things I, get, I can do and make a difference because obviously I'm, I'm not going to be around this life forever. So if I can leave somebody behind. Actually, talk about another ne- negative situation in my last school. I, I went there to, to help them to turn them around. Yeah. And I actually dropped money to, to go to that school because they couldn't afford me at that time. And then obviously the, the head of the mass was promoted to assistant head. So they need a new head of mass. And I was offered that job, but I, I already was a head of mass from another school and I didn't want that. So they, they obviously didn't advertise someone else. So I actually interviewed that that person. I discover um, she and another colleague actually put me through a um, disciplinary uh, thing. <laughs> you know, that caused oh. me that caused I to try and prove I was an common teacher. Um, now, that, although that was, that was the most incredible negative uh, period of my life in, in all my uh, teaching career. However, I mean, up to that, that point, I was still doing workshops and I got a bit angry and, uh, and I said, OK, um, if you think my workshops make no difference for the school, I'll I stop doing it. So I, I actually stopped doing that for a year, but that gave me time to actually start to uh, write my book. So if it wasn't for that, I would never have become an author. Also, since becoming an author, I have also mentored lots of other authors who become best-selling authors, mm. and also, and they too have inspired people in different ways. And this is a knock-on effect. Sometimes you can't actually join the dots until you look back. Yeah. So yeah. although during that time, I, you know, I was you know under incredible stress. I also also at that time was working with twenty-four. Of the primary school, uh, feeding school of that school as well. Um, so my my colleague kind of saying, you know, if you've been accused by as incumbent teachers, why would the school let you have to represent the school? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, and also at that time, I, from time to time, I, I also also I, I still have my title as 10-second maths expert in the world at that time. And also, I occasionally get invited to the House of Laws as a on the committee meetings. So that, that makes no no sense. But I said to myself, hang on, I don't want to get into politics. You know, mm. I, I dropped money, I didn't come to the school for the money. I wanted to help to rebuild the school. And it did the school done extremely well. And I'm so pleased with the uh, sort of young teachers coming through. So sometimes you you need to look at a bigger picture and not just self.
0: Yes, you know, I was thinking about actually this the other day, Phil, and I was talking to a friend of mine and um, she was talking, 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 and it was all about her, 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 and I always call it the me show. And and I suddenly said to her, do you know what? Maybe, just maybe, if you focused on helping other people, even one other person, you wouldn't be in this sort of pit of self-pity because we can all get into that pit, can't we? It's yeah. as you said earlier, it's the poor me syndrome. But you quite rightly said, there's no energy
1: to build anything fruitful in that state of mind, is there? Absolutely. Now, the other thing, uh, I'm very lucky then, obviously, I, I think this year will be my 57th or 58th year a so support a UNICEF. <laughs> You support um, a lot of charities, don't you? I, I, I that one time, I, 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 at one time, I supported a, a, eighteen, a- a- and, and also uh, do a lot of work for shelter, Oxfam, o- and, mm. and rehab. Uh, the mm. rehab. That's not the, the drugs we have. That's for able and disabled pe- people uh, mm-hmm. back, back at time. So, I'm very lucky that when I look at the work of UNICEF and how it's grown and look at the, the challenges that other people in other parts of the world. Have and then when I look at my mine, I thought, oh, mine's insignificant compared to the challenges they have. So, so what, what the hell am I, you know, going on about? You know, mm. and every cha- every person's challenge is relative. Yes, yes. Yeah, and um, and so so it's like the old saying, you know, if someone's got no shoes, you know, look at someone who's got no legs. You know. Yeah, and one yeah. of my great inspirators, uh, Nick vojic I mean, he was born with no arms, no legs. You know, and he's now inspiring millions of people around the world, you know, with, with, with his thing. And also, he's actually married a beautiful wife, and they got, I think, they got two beautiful kids as well. So, again, he—he, mm. he, I love his story. And he's gone, gone through all the emotions of why me, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to have a life, I'm not getting anywhere, I'm not going to have a girlfriend. But he actually used that challenge to, to actually inspire him, himself and other people. So, it's like anything in life you know, we can't control what happened to us sometimes. Mm. But it's just our response to that that will make the difference of whether we actually, you know, keep our stumbling blocks or turn that into a stepping stone.
0: Yes, and I think one of the most important things um, in these times, especially, Phil, I don't know whether you'll agree with this, is where people have suddenly said, we can't control anything. We can't control anything. And, you know, we knew what was going to happen. And I always say to people, whenever I get into this sort of conversation, whoever with, but we never really controlled anything. You know, life is one of those um, games in a way where you really don't know where it's going to end up and you hope for the best. You do your best um, from day to day, from moment to moment. And the rest,
1: we can never know. Absolutely. Because yeah, if we look at this time and there's so many creative people are coming out with different music. although they were taking jokes at the, at the politician's on, And some of the creativity and the, the lyrics, the music is incredible. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I suppose. Um, I mean, I'm sure you can relate to this and I certainly can. We can all relate to this. Desperate times call for desperate measures, and I think when we are all pushed into a corner, whether that be on a personal level, on a global level, I think we then begin to realise who we are as individuals, and sometimes that's even hidden from us.
1: Absolutely, I mean, uh, there's a number of my friends. Uh, actually, two people come to my mind straight away, and. Um, that's uh, Paula Love Clark, and you know she's now written three books, you know, through through this lockdown and the pandemic in last year. Mm. And also my other friend Carol Thompson, uh, since she's she written the first book, now she's actually on 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 the verge of completing her fifth book. Mm. Uh, so so you know the, these these people they have their own, own story. I'm, I'm sure you get a chance to invite them. They they will share their incredible story with with, with you um and also people are forced to actually look at at jobs that they would never have um thought about Mm. because when people are losing their jobs and sometimes you say i'm in the past i'm comfortable in what i'm doing when you're forced in a situation that you can look elsewhere you know sometimes they will discover other strengths and other times that they they never uh, knew they had until now
0: yeah Yeah. And how many people, you know, one of the most simplest things is how many people have learned to make bread? I mean, it's such a simple thing, but you would never think that this many people would be making bread. I know so many friends of mine who have become absolute experts in bread making because I think situations like this and dire situations force us to go back in a way to nature itself, to our real nature of who we are, as opposed to this facade that many of us have been living out there.
1: Yes, absolutely. Obviously, we, we've been talking a lot about vaccine really recently, and you can't get away from that. Mm. But it, also, the question is sometimes, look back in the past, you know, how did the human race survive at all that time without drugs and vaccine? Yeah. And yeah. we look at the, the old Chinese uh, philosophy a long, long time ago. Uh, obviously, when there's a doctor in each village, the doctor get paid a regular sum from each household, yeah, you know, to keep them healthy. And if a, a family <laughs> goes if, if a family goes sick, then the doctor hmm. don't get paid by that household. So therefore, the 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 the, the mindset is different. It's not actually when a doctor treats you to get paid when you're ill they actually get paid when you're healthy.
0: Yes, I, I know this story about in, in, in China, how that was. Um, and I'm always sort of, um, I suppose, you know, I think to myself, well, they were the days, you know, the days when things, um, we were at one with nature and we were at one with each other as well, as opposed to now we are, totally when we look at things um we're not really at one with nature i mean for example with food let's take food for example i try to eat Um, i have a lot of allergies so i i try to eat organically as much as i can and i remember someone saying once well if that part is organic in the supermarket which is a very small amount then think about the rest of the supermarket it's full of chemicals Mm. Yes. So I think it's time, Phil. I don't know what, you know, I'm sure you'll share this, you know, your view with me, but it's time to turn our mindset in a completely different direction. Because, you know, when people say, when are we going to get back to normal? When are we going to, you know, and I say it wasn't normal how we were living wasn't normal it was totally against our nature
1: absolutely if we look at the the um the, the modern cancer but my definition of modern cancer is actually the cancer, the, the different cancers that evolved from the 1970 onwards mm. and there's so many evidence that the uh, the cure for cancer was found over 800 years ago but obviously the pharmaceutical companies do not want that information out but also since the 1970s each year there's uh, about two or three thousand extra new chemicals that that's that goes out you know to the world uh-huh. but that's then the safety factor is not tested and so we look at the the growth of the different uh thing that's happened and the different has uh, skin, skin skin cancer uh, different forms of cancer different um, uh, other stuff that happens now and that's quite frightening but at the same time uh Cancer is another area of my pet interest. And mm-hmm. one of my friends, uh, Chris w- Willem, when his daughter Catherine was discovered to have a brain tumour and, and told, you know, she hasn't got long to live. Now, Chris is an Oxford biochemist. He said, no, I'm not going to just you know, sit and watch my daughter die. And when mm-hmm. he did the research, he discovered so many natural stuff that I can do. And as a, as a result, he actually prolonged his daughter's life for another seven years, you know. But when he yeah. actually when she passed away, he, he spilled out all these great information. So he actually said, say, well, actually, it's a waste. So he set up the uh, a charity called Cancer Active. And to me, it's probably one of the best cancer uh, charity around in the world because it gives unbiased information.
0: Mm.
1: Mm. And and where there are natural things to do, don't go down the drugs route. And sometimes first of all, you know, where we can actually avoid drugs, then you know, it's better for our human health and, and natural without all the side effects and and so on. It's very
0: true. I mean, I'm very much a believer in that and that's part of my work as well, Phil, Um, the natural route. I do believe that modern medicine, there are things out there that are needed. You know, Um, there are some things that are definitely needed with uh, modern medicine. But also what I feel is that naturally speaking, If we could live a more natural life, if we could be, you know, eat, for example, foods that are in season and move according to moon phases. I mean, people will say, well, you're just, you know, a hippie and, you know, but this is not. It's proven scientifically. You know, all these things are actually old traditional wisdom that people have forgotten. So. You know, I, I'm i a great believer in homeopathy. So when I say to a friend, um, why don't you take homeopathy? And they said, oh, you know, I'm not really sure. And I'd just rather take these drugs. Well, that's fine, you know. But I think we really are at a point in humanity where unless we um, reclaim, as I said in the beginning, our power as humans, I think we're going to become
1: very lost. Absolutely. Absolutely. The good and bad things of drugs, the, the drugs will solve one problem, but it actually often to create, you know, three, four yeah. other problems. You know, mm-hmm. it's actually sometimes more serious down the road. Now, the key thing is about how, how do we build our immune system? Because, yeah. you know, nature has actually gave us a, a fantastic tool. And over the success year, we are kind of abused that through uh, not exercising, exercising. Uh, uh, not actually doing the, the things that's good for our body. We'd be eating so fast food, junk food, and and so on, and that's eroded our our system. And also the, the the growth of chemicals, and it's been estimated roughly 64% of the modern cancer since the 1970s are caused by the the, the chemicals of our household products and cosmetic bought in the major supermarket and, and things like this. You know uh and and there's lots of hype and research uh, that's been been shown you know when we can get back to nature as as much as we can Mm. you know our immune system can take on incredible i think including COVID.
0: yes absolutely i mean many years ago i went to a natural health show and i always have to read the ingredients as i said i have a lot of allergies and when i had this allergy attack when I was younger, it um, caused my immune system to fall. And it was actually after I'd had this hepatitis vaccine, because they'd said to us that if if we're going to be working as as, um, holistic practitioners, we have to have this vaccine. It wasn't uh, mandatory, but it was very advisable. And me being young, I said, well, you know, what does it matter? Within two weeks, I had an anaphylactic shock. Mm. And... um, I remember thinking to myself, I should never have had this, because I've since met people that have had this particular vaccine, and they've all got the same symptoms. They've got Mm. rheumatism and, you know, all sorts of different allergies and that. And I remember thinking then at that time, you know, the body is such a profound work of art. And I'd gone to see an immunologist at the time called Professor Jonathan Brostoff, and he did all these tests and he said, well, you can't eat this and you can't eat this and you can't do this and you can't do this anymore. And I said, oh my goodness. And he said, do you know what, Mimi? You have a profound compliment. And I remember thinking, how do you mean? He said, because the body's telling you it doesn't want anything artificial and it doesn't want anything that's going to harm it. So you're going to have to start listening to your own body.
1: Well, the and, end, sorry, no. Yeah, sorry. Sarah, and no from that
0: moment, really, it changed my life completely.
1: Yeah, the simple things we sometimes don't do, actually, um, for my friends, actually very much involved in learning to breathe. We actually forgetting how to breathe. Yes. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I got several of my friends, uh, <laughs> uh, Judith Quinn, uh, John Christian. And the one of my health coach, uh, Costa Capellas, and he's he, he's been teaching me how to breathe properly, and that's actually helped to do the help with my blood pressure, and also it's actually helped to reduce the pain. And one of my other friend, Paul King, he's been teaching me how to do meditation. Now uh, you know I've I haven't done meditation <laughs> in my life, and it's it's incredible these simple techniques, how it actually uh, realign the body and let the yes. natural process. So I'm very grateful to, to my friends, you know, uh, John, Judith, Judith you know, Paul, and, and uh, Costa, you know, help helping me with these simple techniques. And I'm, I need to do more of this. And that is coming back where there are natural, simple things we do. And when we learn to breathe in each morning itself, that will make a huge difference. For instance, like cancer cannot survive in oxygen. If you mm. can oscillate your, oscillate your body naturally, after your breathing, through exercise, through, through natural food, a lot of the time, the body will deal with a cancer and bring it from an abnormal down to the normality. But also that would go with viruses, wouldn't it? And infections.
0: Yes. Anything that is alien to the body as such, it has to work for everything then that would attack the body. This is why the
1: oxygen work and the, the uh, you know, when you have, uh, yeah, so you can oxygenate your body it, itself and put in the, the more missing ke- chemical like zinc, uh, vitamin D, and the vitamin C. That itself is so it's a long way to strengthen it. So for some people who are doing that, they don't really need the, the virus because obviously the, the argument right now is the, the current virus is actually untested and it's been skipping a lot of the safety uh, stage, which was from, from a research, from another form of research mm. as well, that I've been, uh, been very worried, but also we won't get into that, that debate tonight.
0: Yes, that's another story for another day, which maybe you could come back again and we could discuss, but yes, that is. Um, there are so many people out there talking so many things, but I think it's quite simple, as you said, in the respect that in life, in any case, we should be building our immune system. That's also on a physical level. Um, By taking things such as supplements and herbs, you know, there's there's a great magic to it. Um, But also, we have to be immune mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to all the things that are going on outside in the world.
1: Yes, also the other thing that I always say to people... when we're asking quality questions and asking the right questions, mm. therefore, that will help us, you know, to actually lead to the right answer. And right now, I just feel a lot of time people are asking the wrong questions uh, and that's why we're fighting, rather than getting to the root of the problem, we're firefighting. And that mm. will cost us time, money, energy, and property, and also lives as well. Mm.
0: Mm. What do you think, Phil, is... The main thing that we as human beings can do to, I suppose, become resilient on all planes and all sort of uh, states of being, you know, as I said, physically and spiritually, emotionally, because so many people are suffering right now out there.
1: What, uh, absolutely, because yeah. the, the simple thing like be able to talk to each, each other in the same room, and having a tea and coffee together with friends, a mm. mm. uh, simple day in, um, you know, in family, just a, a simple hug with your your loved ones, your children, grandchildren, or friends. So those simple th- simple touches, thing like this, actually makes a huge difference. And also, the the thing is about be able to share your 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 fears, your worries, and talk openly. And the simple things, not be able to go and uh, walk and in, in the sunshine, With the simplicity thing that what yeah. a human and what we are created naturally to do, you know, these are now being taken away from us, and that is, is causing uh, incredible mental stress and problems. You know, but simply not be able to actually uh, go outside for for a walk and having the vitamin D in the sun, you know, mm. or, or simply just meeting. Together in the same room, you know, and just have a tea and coffee and chat, and those simple things actually make a huge difference.
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, and I and since this whole world situation has um, evolved and developed, and I was thinking, I actually, you know, you know how you know how you have those moments where. You love everybody I don't know whether you've yeah. ever had these moments yeah. and you just think oh everybody's just lovely and I mean they are rare I have to say but in any case you know you have one of those sort of beautiful moments and I suddenly thought really you know I love people more now because I miss them you know and it it's very difficult isn't
1: it Yes, in one, my, my friend, um, actually, last Thursday, she's a, a Harley Street um, spec- a stress specialist, and she would say, you know, despite all the knowledge she's got, you know, uh, you know, she actually felt the loneliness and the stress also has been isolated, and she shared that on a, on ALB interview last Thursday, yeah, and, mm-hmm. um, and that was amazing. You, even people who got the skills still, you know, are suffering as well. So what happened to the people who don't have those skills and knowledge?
0: Yes. What can we do, do you think, Phil, um, collectively? what is it a case of being in contact with people and showing our love to people? Because somehow love had been taken away from the equation of life, I
1: feel, yes. before. And not to be judgmental, and not just, you know, just because someone's feeling down, that does mm. not reflect, I mean, we we go realize that probably in our modern age, probably 80% of the more people somewhere in their life will experience a point when they have mental health issues. But it's mm. like you have a headache, that can be temporary. You know, if we, if we don't dwell on and, uh, you know, carry on, and just accept yes sometimes we we we'll go through a, a downside but that's uh, that's normal but you mm. pay a meal of it that would then go away relatively quickly and other times some people just need the extra help or just to be listened to and not be judgmental and you know, so they're allowed to release their emotions without being judgmental and that is the important thing i think the other fundamental right now is whilst as a society compliance is very important because it's important that we keep the rules but also we need to ask the questions when rules are coming from above first of all are they sensible rules and if they're not why are we actually following those rules that actually make no sense actually will cause us harm uh, actually yeah. i was very um, honored to be invited on, on on sky program and i believe uh, I've been told there's a billion viewers on, on listening to that. The, the what was the
0: programme about?
1: It, it's a couple of different aspects. It is about the vaccine, um, mm-hmm. the lockdown, about the effect on education right now for school first school, the, uh, the SATS exam, the GCSE and the A-levels at the moment. Mm. Also, the effect of potential uh, athletes who are actually due to be in the Olympic Games at, you know this summer in, in Tokyo. Mm. The, the one, the question, the premises. Uh, you yeah, know, Boris Johnson said, "You know, the lockdown is to keep us safe." So that is the premise. So therefore, the the, 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 question the question has not been asked. Actually, no, sorry, the question has been asked to him, but he has not actually answered uh By uh, some of the Tory MPs, is there risk assessment being done? What is the effect? How many people actually will be saved by the lockdown? Yeah, compared to how many people, uh, sorry, how many people would die because of the lockdown compared to how many people would die if there's no lockdown. Mm. And there's only one person to my knowledge at the moment, that's a Professor Philip Thomas from, I think, Bristol University, has done a study. And his conclusion is with the lockdown, it's estimated maybe 560,000 people will will die from you know, so-called collateral damages, you know, non-treatment cancer, non-treatment of, of various illnesses. Oh, oh. Compared to uh, not having a lockdown, he reckoned only 10%, I say only, but that's still a big figure, 10% of that figure will die from COVID. So the conclusion is lockdown will increase the death rate by 90%. So what's the answer? Well, it's coming do? down, you know, uh, it's is the government responsibility when they take a decision, ha- have they actually thought through the decision, or they just you know, just decide to make a decision, right, we're going to lock down for X months and hopefully things will get better. So they are not taking this from a scientific point of view or medical, because if they have really analysed it for all-round evidence, the other um, thing is they are hidden agendas and also they are conflicts of interest. But, again, that's another huge area. You know, when Uh-oh. we look at decisions that has been taken by some of the uh, government minister, and you look at other backgrounds and say, w- there is conflict interest here. That is not taken for, uh, for the nation, for the people. But, so, I, again, that's a huge con- controversy, but this is not the time to discuss that right now. So mm-hmm. I think people need to start asking the, the simple question. Yes, we should comply to the rules, but also we should ask when rules are given to us, Are these sensible rules? And if they're not, should we then have the courage to actually to ask the government to reconsider those rules, you know, that will be in our best interest and not for their interests?
0: But How many people um, really, Phil, question anything really? Whether it's to do with this or whether it's to do with a different narrative, how many people are actually awake enough to question anything about, even about their own life?
1: Well, it's, it's like antibiotics. You know, it, when it first came out, it, you know, it was a miracle thing, but, but that's been abused. And it's also like uh, the headache pills, You know, when we get a headache, we, rather than using other things to improve our, our basic health, so we don't need to uh, have a headache. Uh, tablets you know is that everyone now want a quick fix, so h- having a vaccine is an answer i mean i've been an advocate for vaccine for a long time uh, is through the work for you because it, it has done really good things, but the, the current vaccine is being rushed through, and we're not asking the right question about the safety and efficacy of, of, of that and what what are the side effects and and also the information has to be open. There's so much information seems to be blocked or censored as well. That concerns me. You know, if people are actually doing things for the, for the right reason, why are you censoring information, you know, when these are coming from top medical people around the world saying, hey, these, these are our experience. This these will work. These are what's natural. This will cause the least effect. Why are we blocking these people's voices?
0: But... If we look through out modern history, how how many people actually out there in the powers that be um, are interested in the holistic way of life?
1: Absolutely. And also I think with so much hype in the last 30, 40 of the fast food and the advertising. You know, we're looking for quick fix all the time. And sometimes mm. the quick fix are not actually, are really good for us in the long run. So, so I, I don't I think agree. quick
0: fixes are ever, ever good in any run. Yes, um, absolutely. In all honesty, you know, um, there's a lot to be said. And I think that, this is only my opinion, I have to say, Phil, but I think we either wake up or we lose the fight but we have to awaken. We have to also look at this on another level. I don't know what your views on this, but there are many levels to this. And I think we have to rise above all of this darkness and all of this negativity because we can't survive if we vibrationally don't lift our energy above this.
1: I think the one good thing that's come out of COVID is then, you know, a no man's an island. The Mm -hmm. the key of our our survival of the human race is collaboration Mm -hmm. and and to look what's the best for each of us and to actually to celebrate the uniqueness of each person and look at the strength. We have all got weaknesses, but we need to focus on our strength. So therefore we lift each other up. And so I'm very excited, you know, like, like, so in interview tonight to share that and also with my friend Ian turn Turner with his ALB to in, encourage people to say let's celebrate our diversity and look at the common good and how we can work together and collaborate to collaborate to you know take us through this very dark period right now because together we can pull through there's a solution for every and um, as there's a solution for every problem if we collectively look at it in a f- positive way. And not, and not to, you know, uh, put each other down, but, but lifting each other up. Absolutely. I mean, this was such a simple thing.
0: I remember sitting at a traffic lights one day, and it was a couple of years ago, and um, I thought, look at all these people obeying the traffic lights. And everyone is, you know, there, red and green and amber, and everyone's, you know, following the rules and etc. And I thought, but... If all of a sudden everybody just stood up collectively for the greater good, there is no power greater than that, is there?
1: Yes, absolutely. And also before we had traffic light, you know, when people are giving way, you know, courtesy, and you know, yeah. Also, obviously I, I know this is difficult now in the modern era, we've got so much traffic, but there were a time we had no traffic light, and people would then also have the, the, the good manners. Mm. And then courtesy to, to, to give way.
0: I mean, there's a lot to be said for that because good manners go a long way. But that is something I think that the world is in short supply of. Because if I respect you, Phil, mm. and I'm courteous and polite, and I respect you as a human being, yes, it ma'am. is a huge difference to if, for example, I would look down on you. Or I would disrespect you because that doesn't go anywhere. And that is, again, um, not the correct energy that we want out there. We want to enhance each other's strengths and, you know, be there for each other and support each other in times of our difficulty. So I think we have to become human again.
1: Yes, I think we're going to be here, and actually, it's, it's coming back to the re- respect, and um, there's so so much stereotype image that's been created over a long, long time, culturally or, or whatever, and I think we, we now need to say, actually, sometimes what we have learned in the past may not be correct, and yeah. there's also, also conditioning going on. And it's like, women can't do this, 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 and that. Well, actually mm-hmm. during the Second World War, a lot of women discovered a lot of men, so-called men jobs. They could do it and they do it ex- excellently. You know, mm-hmm. uh, also, you, you know, do certain, at a certain age, but yet, you know, there's children now who's doing an amazing thing. Uh, one of my friend's family and uh, my business partner, Trey Sean Ben Salmi, he's 16 years old. He's now got three businesses at age 16. Mm. And um, his younger brother, uh, three years ago, was the youngest world male author uh, You know, <laughs> at age four. So th- there's no barrier except what the limit we put on ourselves. So, mm. And th- uh, the reason why he and his, uh, all together, they got five in the family, why they could achieve so many f- amazing things, they came from an ordinary family, is because his mother, Sabrina, who was so encouraged to say, you can do this, you can do this. You know and so when we encourage our children our family you know and not you know put each other down that simple thing can actually raise oh, wow. our, our esteem and also to open lots of doors you know in different ways of our talent and creativity
0: yes did you see that social experiment Phil um, I think it was on YouTube when they went to random people and they told them they were beautiful. Have you seen that? Uh,
1: not, not, not that one. I, I, I seen the uh, one years ago. Uh, when actually the teachers got the test wrong, they, they gave the wrong test to a different class. You know, and the, mm. the the bottom class was given the top marks, and and uh, a, a good class was given their marks. And all of a sudden, with a short period of time, the, the bottom class student actually start to rise to the top. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. Well, I suppose it's the same sort of thread, you know, where th- there was this guy, and I think it's been done in many countries, and they go and they say, you know, I just want to tell you that you're beautiful. And they're very serious because they don't know what, what you're going to say to them. And um, they said, you're very beautiful. And their face, Bill, you have to look it up. It is amazing, the transformation of light in their face. It's, you know, someone's actually telling them something beautiful about themselves. And I think that's what's more, you know, what we need is really to see the beauty in each other.
1: Uh, Absolutely. I've done lots of workshops over the last, a master workshop over the last 45 years and now. Mm. And often I encounter the parents or grandparents who come with their, their kids. And so many times the parents and grandparents have said, I'm really afraid of this workshop because I had such a bad memory at school about doing mass. But they too are surprised in a very short time, you know, how, how quickly they didn't do things. Actually, one granddad, he was about 90, came with his uh, six year old grandson. And after a while, the grandson got annoyed with granddad and said, Granddad, stop it, you're showing me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh now these are all inspirational
0: things but phil what inspires you to be so positive to want to keep helping people to be curious i think that's one of the most wonderful things that we can be is curious ever curious
1: well obviously, i've got nine grandchildren which i i hope you know some of the things i do one day will inspire them Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just go back to the time when I was as a pupil,s and sometimes when I think about it, it's like my eyes go a little bit red. You know how inadequate I feel, and I don't want people to feel that that, 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 they're, that they're useless. You know, because all of us have talents in something, not mm-hmm. necessarily in Massey, It could be, you know, it it'd be very simple things, and if we can encourage people to say, "Find your un- your uniqueness," is there? You mm. search for it and don't compare yourself to other people because there's always people who be better than you or worse than you. You mm. know, the key thing is not because you know to uh, outdo someone, but actually, how can you be a better person today than you were yesterday? And you know, what encouraging thing you can do to one person? And you know, I say if you can actually cheer up someone that's that you don't know each day. Yeah, and if we do that to one person, and collectively do that, you know, wow, what what difference we can make. We can do simple things, we don't have to do huge things sometimes to make a Mm -hmm. difference. But collectively, if we're doing something nice over and over again, you know, it's like one drop of water over and over, that become a pond, become a river. Yeah, Mm. yeah. And kindness is the same thing, showing people kindness in different ways, uh, a simple compliment, a a meaningful, true compliment.
0: Yes, that makes all the difference. It really does. Some simple words that are genuine and meaningful is really a bridge to the other person's heart.
1: So I think the message is, uh, you know, also look for the good things in yourself because we are very critical of ourselves a lot of time, and therefore by doing that um, we put a lot of stress. Uh, and also we always consciously or subconsciously compare ourselves to other people, and really that that that's wrong. And we we're, we're not really educate people how to look at our own u- uniqueness, you know and stop comparing, because all the time on advertising they, they compare this to that, you know, they compare your beauty to my uh, to someone who's, uh, you know, so good looking because they've got this, this cosmetic, that's cosmetic, hmm. and in fact, you know, look at the self, look at well, who's the authentic self in, in you.
0: That's not such an easy journey, but I think it's the only journey worth making
1: and that comes about you know when you surround yourself with good positive people then you know we have a chance to actually help ourselves and help other people you know to define that authenticity and to also to respect the differences you know and sometimes it, the difference makes life more interesting
0: oh absolutely i think all of our differences and wherever we're from and whatever we're doing i think that makes the world far more beautiful and far more interesting.
1: Absolutely. So, so I, I, again, so really, the, the, the key message to, to end tonight is really don't don't try to compare yourself to uh, other people because they're always will to better or less than yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. And what I mean, you've you've began really as we come to the end of the show, Phil, but. What message, you know, one of the most important things that you've learned in life that you could give advice to people out there right now that are struggling or suffering in a paragraph, really, um, if you were to sum it up, what wisdom would you give that has helped you in your life?
1: We all share good and bad feelings throughout our lifetime. So you are not alone. Don't worry about, you know, uh, what other people think. Because also, there always be people who don't like you, but the people who like you, they are the people that will inspire you to actually move you on. The people who don't like you, that it doesn't matter. They're, with time, you're going to forget about them. They're not going to be part of your life. So focus on the people that encourage you, motivate you, and look for the role model of the people, of the things that you want to inspire. You save time. Working hard is not the solution, it's about working smart and asking the right questions. So never be afraid to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Have the courage to do that. We could learn so much,
0: could, can't we, from each
1: other? Um, lastly, I, 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 I've been tracking uh, Mr. Roland Duff down for a long time. If he is still alive today, he will probably be around about 100 years old, or over 100 years old. So... And also I don't know if he's live. I, I just really want to thank him for that inspiration to me. Without him and uh, those saying those two or three simple things to me, I would probably have never have actually become the person I, I am today. So I want to thank him. And and also uh, two of my friends has now uh, passed away who are incredibly incredibly. That's Vera and Ken Rose. And so they they've gone. I, I know Vera and Ken is not not have gone now, but uh, if Mr. Roland Duff, if you're still about, sir, I thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. Oh, what was his name? Mr. Roland. Roland Duff, D U U S. Roland
0: Duff. Rolander. Oh, well, wherever he is, whether he's on this earthly plane or in the heavenly plane, I'm sure that that heartfelt message will have reached him.
1: And my third book is dedicated to him.
0: Oh, now tell us before we go, what, where can people get um, your books?
1: Uh, they could actually obviously get it from Amazon uh, uh-huh. seconds speed mass techniques and uh-huh. other things, or they could go to www.dvgstar.com and uh-huh. go, go down to the bottom of the list, and there will find different books, and and my books will be there as well. So that's dvgstar.com or uh-huh. Amazon. Uh, also to my my website and. Um, Uh, www.jetsetlearning.com
0: Okay, so all of those places, and you've done three books, have you? You've written three books? Ten books.
1: Ten books? Yeah, and the the last one I co-written with my granddaughter, Chloe Whiting, and and she had her own book called Friendships uh, a year ago.
0: Oh, my goodness. Wow.
1: And, uh, well, congratulations gonna, to you thank, both. Thank you. I mean, I wasn't—I was not going to write the last book, but um, my my granddaughter uh, encouraged me. That's that's another story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, how sweet! Really. Oh my goodness, that is so beautiful. Actually, you must be very proud.
1: Thank you. I'm I'm proud of her because you know she 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 now had her own book called Friendships, and what and her book is actually is taken up by one of the primary schools in Kent. Uh, to use as a model for the phse uh, lessons and also the, the the last book that we co-written called hot Mass for cool kids um, so, so I'm, I'm proud of that so she's now got two books
0: my goodness gracious how wonderful that is i mean you know it's so commendable phil that you have helped and continue to help so many people around the world in so many different ways It's really quite wonderful, really.
1: Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate giving me the the time to to, to share my my, my story. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on ALB TV so you can share your story with the rest of the world.
0: Thank you. Thank you. That's very kind of you. I'm looking forward to it, I have to say. And um, as I said to you, I'm very honoured for you to ask me to come on. Now, before we go... Where can people get hold of you, Phil?
1: They could get hold of me through my, my Facebook page, uh mm-hmm. 1L, Philip Chan Official.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And or, or the other uh face uh, two other Facebook pages called 10 Seconds to Child Genius. So where I actually share that with my 16-year-old business partner, Trey John Ben Salmi. And also Jet Set Learning. So that these three areas of Facebook. Or, or link it
0: in. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you again. It's been an absolute pleasure, and you are a fountain of knowledge, really, of all the things that you know about. I know we've only touched upon a few things, but um, please do come back again, and oh, we can you, sort me. of, you know, we can talk about things and different subjects, and um, that would be lovely if you came back again.
1: Well, thank you so much.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure. And I wish you all the very best and keep shining that light.
1: Thank you, Mary. Thank, thank you so much again.
0: All right, then. Take care. Okay, yeah. okay thanks, Phil. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Philip Chan, extraordinary bravery. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that we have plenty more moments and beautiful times together until next time look after yourselves and lots of love thank you for listening to secrets for an inspirational life brought to you by your host mimi novik please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode for more information about mimi novik and her books music and inspirational work Take a look at her website, www.miminovic.co.uk.